So the ATF just admitted something huge in a federal court case against their new rule on frames and receivers, and this admission backs them into a corner. So let's talk about this. But real quick before we jump into this video, if you agree that the ATF needs to be abolished, go ahead and hit that like button and subscribe. Also, I want to mention that if you're interested, you can now pick up channel merch. It is linked down below. You can pick up this shirt and some other designs as well. And I also want to mention that the podcast is now active. I will leave a link down to it in the details section. If you're interested, if you're interested in audio versions of videos and stuff like this that I do, you can find that over on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. So I guess in the intro, in this video, we will be talking about a lawsuit called Division 80 v. Garland. In this case, plaintiffs are suing the DOJ and the ETF because of the ATF's new rule on frames and receivers, which is set to take effect on August 24th. Now, there are multiple lawsuits currently going on against the ATF and their new rule on frames and receivers, including one filed by GOA, which was joined by 17 states as actual plaintiffs. However, I want to talk about this Division 80 case because the ATF just made a really important admission in front of a federal judge, and now that's on the record, and it's now stating that the new rule on frames and receivers does not impact individual 80 percenters. It will only impact 80 percenter kits. And finally, the ATF has admitted out there on federal record that this new rule is limited in scope. Now, if you're not aware of what this lawsuit entails, this lawsuit is against the ATF because of their new rule on frames and receivers. This new rule by the ATF is essentially a restriction on the sale of 80 percenter kits. Under this new rule, 80 percenter kits are treated as actual firearms. This new rule went into the regulatory definition of a firearm and changed the definition through a web of references to include 80 percenter kits into the definition of an actual firearm. Since 80 percenter kits are considered to actually be firearms, they are going to be subject to serialization requirements and background checks as well. Under the new rule, the primary impact will be on gun stores and gun manufacturers of these items as well. An FFL or gun store will now have to serialize 80 percenter kits that they have in their inventory when this rule goes into effect. Now, one of the larger impacts that this new rule will actually have is on manufacturers who sell these items. The manufacturers will be required to serialize all of their kits that they currently have in their stock, and they will also be required to serialize them during any future sales. And one of the larger impacts, which actually is in play in this case, is it requires these manufacturers of these kits to be an FFL license holder. Now, in this case, Division 80 is asking the court, the federal court here, to grant a motion for preliminary injunction which if granted would bar the enforcement of the new frames and receivers rule against them, which is set to take effect on August 24th. For those not aware, in cases like this, there are multiple pretrial motions for relief that a plaintiff can seek from a court. Typically, a temporary restraining order and a motion for a preliminary injunction are sought by plaintiffs like the individuals here in this case, and that's the type of pretrial relief they will try to get. A preliminary injunction remains in force throughout the duration of the case, while TROs or temporary restraining orders, which are traditionally entered on an emergency basis, are limited in duration. So here Division 80 is seeking a preliminary injunction from the court, and there was a preliminary injunction hearing that took place between the plaintiff's Division 80 and the government. So during the hearing on the preliminary injunction, some really interesting developments came out and some really interesting statements were made by the government's attorneys. So I want to read to you an article and some transcripts about this hearing because some really interesting things came out of this. Division 80's attorney, Corey Liu, said in the hearing that the company's owner, Brandon Padilla, has no other job and his livelihood depends on the current business model. The judge in the case then asked, why does he not just get a federal firearms license? And in response to that, he stated that there is a thriving market for people who want to make their own guns and don't want to go through a licensed dealer. Padilla's entire product line would be wiped out consumer demand wouldn't be there. It's not just about a license, he said. 
It's about the ability to build a firearm, a right that's existed since the nation's founding. But then there was this really interesting exchange, which I want to point out. And this is kind of the major point and takeaway from this video. Uh, there was a huge admission that was made by the Justice Department's attorney. The article states that Lou's arguments were then undercut by a disclaimer from the Justice Department's attorney, Daniel Reese. And this happened after Lou showed the judge a receiver that Division 80 sells, and it was a 80% receiver for an AR-15 style rifle. The DOJ's attorney, Reese, gave the judge a paper with illustrations taken from the ATF's final rule, outlining what it does and does not consider to be a receiver. To qualify as a regulated receiver, Reese explained, the part must come with a jig or template, typically a piece of plastic that snaps into place to guide the purchaser on where and how deep to drill holes, drill bits, and instructions, making the receiver readily convertible within minutes to a fully functional firearm. The article then states that the plaintiff's attorney, Lou, was flabbergasted. That's news to me, he said. For months, we've been asking what role do instructions and tools play in this? You can sell a receiver blank without tools and jigs. That's news to me. Had this handout been posted on ETF's website, that would have cleared up a lot of questions. Judge Brown then asked whether or not this revelation then doomed Division's 80's request for an injunction. What if the product can be sold, he said. Is that fatal to a preliminary injunction, or are you still saying that you want an injunction? But the attorney for the plaintiff said this simply just proves their own point, that this rule is unconstitutionally vague. He said it's so open-ended that the public can't understand what's going on. They want the rule to be as ambiguous as possible, and they just give out handouts on a case-by-case -case basis whenever it meets their needs. Attorney Liu claimed that going back to the 1970s, the ATF had issued clarification letters to numerous companies, letting them know that if the parts they were selling were legal to do so without a license, which provided guidance to the industry and newcomers. ATF could have let those letters stand, Liu said, and grandfathered in those companies so they could keep doing business as they always have but it repudiated those letters in the final proposed rule. However, Reese, the government attorney, noted that ATF had in fact grandfathered in some complete receivers for specific weapons, but the government attorney did say that they did choose not to do so for incomplete frames that needed modifications. So the judge heard all these arguments and said that he anticipates that he will decide on the preliminary injunction before the final rule on frames and receivers goes into effect on August 24th. So out of this hearing, we have some really interesting revelations and clarity. First, the ATF is now on the record saying that the new rule on frames and receivers uh, does not regulate solo 80% of frames. It only impacts 80% of frames that are sold with jigs, instructions, and drill bits. This is something important because since the final rule came out, some have been saying that it impacts 80%ers that are sold exclusively just as a frame. Since the beginning, I've been saying, no, that's not the case. The final rule states that it targets 80%er kits only, but still some people have argued against me on that point. And it really doesn't help that the ATF has had no clarity on this topic. Some of their actions go contradictory to that statement. And also this whole new rule on frames and receivers is 360 plus pages. So a lot of people don't wanna read that final rule on frames and receivers. Another thing that didn't help and added to a lot of confusion was the ATF's own actions. After this new rule on frames and receivers came out and was um, finally out there, we saw the ATF go after companies like JSD Supply and send them cease and desist letters because of 80 percenters. The letter claimed that since the company sold 80% of frames on their own, along with other parts on their website, they were in the process of selling firearms in violation of the ATF's new rule. Ultimately, the ATF did rescind that letter, but we saw early on that the ATF was still potentially going to target 80% of frames on their own, as long as a company sold other parts on their website. Ultimately, like I said, the ATF rescinded that cease and desist letter, but it still signaled that the ATF was going to go beyond what their own final rule on frames and receivers said. They were going to be go beyond just 80% of kits that are sold with jigs, 
drill bits and instructions, they were going to go after other things as well, including solo 80 percenters. But now through this hearing and transcript, we have a clear admission from the ATF, from the DOJ and their own attorney, that this rule can only regulate 8 percenter kits that are sold with jigs, drill bits and instructions. Something the final rule stated, but we saw through ATF that they were intending to do more, that they were not gonna be limited by that, they were gonna target more items, but now you have a clear admission from their own attorney that they can't do that, that that is not what this new rule does. Now, based on the tone of the judge during the hearing, I would suspect that he's likely not going to grant the preliminary injunction against the enforcement of the final rule. However, he stated that we will know before it goes into effect on August 24th, and we will know what he ultimately decides to do. If he grants the injunction, that will be a major blow to this final rule on frames and receivers, and will really tie the hands of the ATF in their enforcement of this rule. So we will definitely be keeping our eyes on this case, especially since this new rule on frames and receivers is looming and will go into effect this month. So if you have any questions, go ahead and comment down below and I'll try to answer the best of my ability. Also, if you like this video and like support the channel, one of the best ways to do that is to like, comment, and subscribe. All those things help to fuel the algorithm or fuel Algor's rhythm. It adds fuel to his jet and signals to YouTube that you guys see value in these videos and in this type of two-way news. Again, I want to thank everybody who likes, comments, subscribes, who hits the notification bell, who shares these videos. You guys are directly impacting these videos, impacting this channel, helping me to reach and educate more people than I could ever do on my own. So again, thank you so much for all your support. And as always, thank you all for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And don't forget this is with Built Farm Scholars and this nation will be maintained Farm Scholars.